Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Okay, so if you haven't guessed, we're talking about our big fat mouth this morning. Whose mouth has ever gotten them in trouble before? Raise your hand. Only a few of you. Okay, okay. Yeah, maybe you've done that. You say the word and like it hasn't even completely come out of your mouth yet. And you're like, you're like, oh, that's that's not how it's supposed to be. But yes, we're talking about our big fat mouth. And here's the thing: there is a natural side to our words that I think most of us understand. Most of us have dealt with maybe once, maybe twice, where maybe somebody has said something and it, it hurt. Like you, you remember its words, and even though they're just words, it make, they, can, they hurt. It makes a difference. For me, I know I have one thing that I really, really remember. I was in second grade, and I was in a special catch-up reading class. And so just a few of us would leave the class with everybody else, and we'd go off to this other thing. I remember the teacher. I remember the teacher's name on this particular day. I remember what the teacher was wearing. I remember what classroom it was. I remember a lot of things that normally I do not remember at all, like at all, at all. I get dressed, and I'd, even like last night, I was picking out a shirt, and I'm like, I don't know what I wore last. Am I going to wear the exact same thing three weeks in a row? I might. Like I don't normally, like that doesn't jump out to me. But I remember exactly what this teacher was wearing in second grade, because I was frustrated with being in the class, and she just said, she goes, well, you're here, and you're in this class because you're stupid, and you need to pay attention. I mean, it's just words, but I remember. Oh, my goodness, do I remember. It's weird, and that's the natural side of our words, but there's also another side. There's a spiritual side to it. Just like there's natural laws, there's spiritual laws. Now, in the natural, we know, let me grab something over here. If I take this music, this piece of paper, I'm going to crumple it up. Now, Kenya's like, I need that. I was going to sing that. Well, not anymore. I hope you memorized it. Because <laughs> here we go, and I'm going to get in trouble for doing this. Okay, but we did it anyways. So, when I let go of this, this is, what's going to happen? Raise your hand if you think it's going to go up. Bryce in the back thinks up. Now, we know where this is going to go because there's a natural law called gravity that when I let go, it drops. It's, it's going down. It's going to drop. That's a natural law. In words, there's a natural side to it that we understand. You can make somebody's day by just the comment you make. I one time told a girl that her hair looked nice. Now, I, I didn't more than once have told somebody that. However, one time in particular, um, we were in youth group, and I told this girl, I said, oh, your hair looks nice. And no lie, for like the next three weeks, she did her hair that exact same way, the exact thing, and kept walking by me and doing this. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but we can make somebody's day. We realize the natural side of our words and what we say and how they can get us in trouble and how we can flatter, how we can, how we can make somebody's entire year, literally, by the words that we say. But there is a spiritual side, and believe it or not, the spiritual side is more powerful 
than the natural side. It really is. And here's what it says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, talking about our words. And this is what it says. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death. Now, we, we all make decisions. And sometimes you're like, I got a big decision that we've got to make. Like uh, maybe it's, it's buying a house or, or selling or, some, or marriage. Who you're going to date. This is huge. How many kids you're going to have. That's a big decision that you're like, okay, what, what are we going to do here? These are big decisions. But I think most of us would agree that life and death, not often do we really deal with those questions, those decisions. But that's huge. Like, we let ambulances fly down the road with their lights on and sirens. Why? Because it's typically life and death. If it's not, they're not supposed to. You, you don't use it. You can't do that unless it's life and death. And when somebody says life and death, it's like, okay, that, that's a big deal. And that's what the Bible says that our words are like, that they have the power of life and death, just like natural laws. There are spiritual laws. But here's the thing is we get, we're, I think many of us, we're so familiar with our words that we don't think, the, we, don't even, we don't even think about the power that they have because it's just so familiar to us. It's just something that we do all the time. Most of us talked yesterday, right? Nope, nobody here. See, you're not even talking. Maybe, maybe this is the group. But we, we use our words. We use them every single day. Some of you talk in your sleep. Anybody else? Raise your hand. You talk in your sleep. I had a I had a roommate in Bible college who wouldn't just talk in his sleep. He would yell in his sleep. He'd be laying down, and we shared a room. No lie. We shared a room, and I'm, I'm fast asleep, and all of a sudden, I look over, and this is him. He sits up in bed and goes, ah, 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 and I'm like, what are you doing? So it got where I would just keep a stack of books by my bed, and in the middle of the night, if he would do that, I'd just throw a book. And his bed was in the corner, and usually I hit him, and he'd, and then he'd go back to sleep. But we, we use our words. We talk so much. And things that so often, things that we're so familiar with, we forget the power that they have. Insurance companies have done a study. I thought it was really interesting. But this is what they said. They said that 80% of car accidents happen within three miles of a person's home. So I thought I really need to move because apparently that's where they all happen. No, obviously, obviously not. But... We get familiar with something, and because we're familiar with it, we don't, pay in, we don't pay the same amount of attention when we're close to our house because we drive these roads all the time, these stop signs, these, all, all of it. We're, we're so familiar with it. And if we're not careful, we do the same thing with our words. We are so familiar with our words, it's just something of just shooting our mouths off and saying whatever comes to our mind that we don't think about Sometimes we forget to think about the natural side of it, but it's even harder to remember to think about the spiritual side, the spiritual impact that these words, that our words have in our life. And talking about Jesus, it says this in Mark chapter 6, that he went to his own hometown accompanied by his disciples. This is verse 2. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many people who heard him were amazed. This is what Jesus was doing everywhere. Where did this man get these things, they asked? And what wisdom has been given him that he, do, he does these miracles? Verse 3. And this is what we have to be so careful about. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph 
Judas and Simon, and aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus was there, but they said, wait a second. Don't we know him? And they took offense. And here's what I really, really pray does not happen this morning, that you don't go, words are words, nah, and don't, don't change anything. My prayer is that you realize this morning the power of your words, that you make some small adjustments in the things that you are saying about your life, and that you reap the rewards, the fruit, as we, the Bible says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit. And the result of these small changes you see coming, and as a result, your health is better, your marriage is better, your relationship with your kids is better, your relationship with your family is better, your job is better, because all of these things will and are impacted by our words. I pray that you don't look at it and say, it's just our words. Everybody does it. But that you look at it differently and say, God, I don't want what everybody else has. I want something different. So I'm going to look at your word. I'm going to line up what I say with your word. and I'm going to make a difference in my life. I really pray that you do that this morning. So Proverbs 18, 21, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And not many of us realize it, but over and over, what we say changes things. Mark eleven twenty three says it this way. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. So let me ask you, what is it that you're saying? The spiritual law says this. If a man says with his mouth and does not doubt in his heart, it will be done. So what is it that you've been saying? Here's something that I hear quite a bit this time of year. Oh, I always get sick this time of year. Anybody hear that one? Don't raise your hand if you said it. You don't need to. Oh, I always get sick. Ever hear somebody else? Oh, we'll never be able to afford that. Oh, my marriage, it's horrible. It'll always be bad. Oh, yeah, but they just married the right one. You don't know who what I have to deal with. Oh, my kids are brats. Oh, teenagers are the worst. You ever hear any of these things before? Out of somebody else's mouth, right? And don't, none of this, okay? I don't want to see any elbowing, all right? That's not what those are for, okay? For, but not this, okay? Our words have power. They have impact. And in, some of the times, what we don't realize is when we are just carelessly saying different things like that, that what we're doing is kind of like this, that we're literally, by the words that we're saying, we're dropping an anchor, yeah, I did it on the tile this morning, and I was afraid I was going to break it. I'm still afraid I'm going to break the stage too, but I'll do it again. But we're literally dropping anchor with the words, oh, I always get sick. Oh, none of the men in my family ever live past 60. That's just the way it is. Oh, we all suffer with chronic depression. Oh, we all have to battle with this. It's just the way it is. We literally drop anchor. And here's the thing. When, when you drop an anchor in a boat, the boat doesn't just stay right there, okay? It doesn't. It kind of drifts away because the anchor isn't designed to work that way. You see these wings? They're still pointed up. So what happens is you really, and there's a formula for it. You're supposed to be, the rope is supposed to be seven to ten times longer than the depth of the water you're in. And there's a reason. And I have a buddy who found out that reason. He was on the Grand River in flood stage in a little boat. And they're like, hey, throw the anchor out. 
So they already had it tied to the front of the boat. Somebody already knows this story. He's already starting to laugh. And they throwed the anchor out. They threw it upriver, and they're standing in the boat. And this is how he tells the story. He goes, one minute we're standing there getting ready to go fishing. He goes, and the next we're swimming. Like the anchor caught, the front of the boat went down, filled with water, just the whole thing went boom to the bottom. He's like, we were just there with a couple of floating tackle boxes. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. I go, what did you do? He goes, we left. I'm like, yeah, to go back and get that. So here's how that anchor works, is you end up with rope. And what we find ourselves doing is we say these things. We drop these anchors. We say this, that'll never happen to me. I'll never be able to. God doesn't listen when I pray. I read my Bible. I never get anything out of it. We are saying this, and we're dropping anchors in our life that we end up tied to. And yeah, we might drift a little bit this way, but then all of a sudden, we hit the end of that rope. And we stop. Because there's a spiritual law. The the power of life and death is in our tongue. And the last thing that we want to be doing is dragging anchors around. So, true story, high school. We're out boating with a buddy. And uh, we go over to the beach, and we anchor the boat, and uh, we get back in afterwards. I don't know, swimming and playing around. We get back in, and we go to leave. And the anchor was out. And I was driving, and I thought my buddy picked up, pulled up the anchor. And it was an anchor similar to this, meaning that it kind of flips back and forth like this except it was for a bigger boat. So instead of these small wings, the wings were probably about like this tall and really wide, I mean, just, just, just huge. And the idea is that they dig into the bottom of the lake and kind of drag along. Well, we decide to take off. And when you're in high school driving a boat, how do you take off? No. Mm, of course, right? So that's exactly what we do is I don't realize that the anchor's out. And we just, I just floor that thing. And I'm facing forward because the front of the boat's kind of coming up. It was a bit larger boat. I think it was about an 18-foot with 115-horsepower Johnson on the back. And we just gun it. And my friend is kind of in the front of the boat, and he's looking backwards. I'm standing up seeing over the front of the boat as it's kind of trying to get on top of the water, as it's trying to plane. And all of a sudden, my buddy, his face, he just goes, Aah! and I look behind me. And the anchor that we'd been dragging like this through the water These little wings flipped up like this, caught the water, the rope, this isn't a static rope, meaning that it doesn't just stop, but it kind of stretches. The rope had stretched. So all of a sudden, this anchor flips and comes flying out of the water. And I turn around and I see an anchor. The thing's about this big with these giant wings flying through the air. It comes into the boat and stabs the seat right next to me. And I'm like, is everybody okay? Everybody's okay. I'm like, oh, crap. Did I? And I look, and there's just a little tear where one of the fins went mm, and just stabbed into the seat. And I'm like, my dad's going to kill me. <laughs> like the first thought, is anybody else already dead? No? Okay, it's going to be me. Like, it's going to be me. But anchors are not something that you want to drag around. Now, spiritually, when we drop these, when we say these things in our words, unfortunately, I I don't think that's going to happen. But there is blowback when it comes. When we're fighting and we're saying on one one side, we're like, I want a great relationship with my kids. I want to raise godly kids. I want to do this. And yet, at the other side, when we're getting together with friends and they're complaining about their wives and and their husbands, we're like, oh, yeah, well, you think that's bad? Well, you've got to see what mine did or didn't do. 
You think that? And we're throwing this out there like, they're the worst. And we're saying these things. And we're dropping anchors and we're literally fighting a battle against ourselves because of the words that we're saying, because we've been dropping anchors, because we've been so negative. And here's the other side of that. The other side of that is when we do that, when we say these things, oh, I always get sick. Oh, I'll never get, I never get along with my kids. It's the worst. We're conceding that area to the devil. We're telling the devil, devil, I'm not going to fight you in that area. Because here's the thing, the way that, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Well, how do, we, how do we resist? Do we get to punch him? No, I wish, that would be fun. We don't. Do we like wait around, do we set a net, a big net out, and we're like, okay, here he comes, I'm going to wait for him, he's going to step on it? No. How do we resist the devil? Well, we resist the devil the same way that Jesus did in the Bible. And I love this. I love that so Jesus went out and he fasted for 40 days. And then the Bible says that Satan came and tempted him. But here's what Jesus didn't do. He didn't pull the God card. He resisted the devil the same way that you and I do today. Luke 4 verse 3 says this. Then the devil said to him, talking to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But Jesus told him, no, scripture says people do not live on bread alone. Jesus resisted the devil using scripture and his words. The world was created because God spoke. You were created in God's image. Do you think there's power in your words? There's most definitely power in your words. There's definitely power. The way that we resist the devil is by speaking God's word. But if we're over here saying, you know what, this never happens, I'll never make it, I'm always sick, I'm never going to live past 60, I'll always have a bad relationship with that, I will never make it into college, I'll never get the grades to get into college, I'll never do that. We are letting go of these areas. And we're saying, devil, attack, go for it, I give up, I won't do anything. Instead of saying, okay, we resist the same way that Jesus resisted. Luke 5, Satan came back. The devil took him, to a, took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And then he said this. This is Satan. He says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give anyone I please. And I will give them to you if you will worship with me. Again, Jesus says, he uses scripture and he talks. He doesn't say, oh, I'm God, go away. He's like, I'm Jesus. No. He used scripture. And it said, you must, scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and worship him only. Worship him only. Then the third time, Satan takes him, says, the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. And now this is crazy. Look at verse 10. For the scripture says, this isn't Jesus talking. This is the devil talking. He will order his angels to protect you. And they will hold you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Don't let the devil know more scripture than you do. The devil was quoting scripture to Jesus. But Jesus answered, 
Scripture also says, you must not put the Lord your God to the test. With our words, so often we give up the fight before we even start. We just give up and we're like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. It'll never happen. I won't do this. Instead, we need to change what we're saying. We need to look at God's word. And we need to speak hope and life into our situations and into our relationships, into everything, into those areas. And not only that, but look what Jesus spoke to. Really quick, Mark eleven twenty three. I tell you the truth, this is Jesus talking. If anyone says to this mountain, he spoke to a mountain. Jesus spoke, we're going to go to Matthew 21, 19. Guess what else he spoke to? Seeing a fig tree by the road, Jesus, he went up to it, but found nothing in it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And the Bible says, immediately the tree withered. He spoke to trees. Mark 4, 39, he got up, he rebuked the wind, he rebuked the waves, quiet, be still, and the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He spoke to weather. What are you speaking to? What do you say over your car? What do you say over your computer? Oh, that piece of junk, mm, oh, it never worked. Uh. Our words are something that are so incredibly powerful. The Bible says life and death. Jesus spoke to mountains. He spoke to weather. He spoke to plants. Your words have power. They make such an incredible, incredible difference. And here's what I'm not saying. And here's the side. I don't want you, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And on one side, you have the side where you just say whatever comes to your mind and you don't even think about the things you're saying. You're constantly negatively talking and you're dropping anchors all over. Oh, my marriage is horrible. It always will. She's a wench. She's horrible. Right? You're saying all this over here. On the other side, you've got somebody and there's another ditch. And they're like, my arm's not broken. And you're like, no, I see the bone. And they're like, no, it's not broken. And you're like, it's broken. And you're like, no, it's not. And you're like, it, it's, it's broken. Like, I see it's broken. And that's the other side. And here's what we're not saying. We're not saying, and I'm not teaching, you ignore facts and act like something that is true is not true. That is not what we're teaching. That's not what I'm saying. That's the ditch on the other side. So one ditch ignores and acts like it's not real. Even though we can see the bone. Have you ever seen the bone? Becca broke her collarbone. We were, uh, we were mountain biking, and she went over this jump. And it was crazy. We went all the way up to Boyne Highlands, all the way up there to go mountain biking, like down the mountains. First trip of the year, first trip down the hill. And she goes over this jump and just lands wrong. It's like, I'm going to make it. She didn't. So she didn't let go of the handlebars and fly. Instead, she held onto the handlebars and got wham. Spun over. Now she landed uh, on her collarbone, and you look, and like, no lie, you could see this. And she's like, I think it's broken. I'm like, oh, yeah. And you could see like the shards. Like, it wasn't even a clean break. You could see like different pieces of bone, like wanting to poke through. I'm not saying go to that and be like, it's not broken. Get back on your bike. Okay, you, you don't do that. That is not 
what we're teaching. That's, that's a ditch over here. Don't get in that ditch. Don't jump from one ditch over here where everything you say is negative and you're just always going to be sick and you plan on it. And then jump in the other ditch where you completely ignore everything and you're like, that's not true. It really isn't. Because you're crazy in both of them. One is acceptable crazy. The other one is we point and laugh crazy. Okay? But you're still crazy in each one of them. And what we want is we want to be right in the middle and we want to say, okay, God, I want to know what your word says about this. And this is what it has to say. Talking about Abraham, because here's a biblical example of walking that line. Talking about Abraham, God had given him a promise that he was going to have kids. Now, to make it really simple, that wasn't going to happen physically for him or his wife. Either. It was like that time was, no, like that, that wasn't happening. Romans 4 verse 18 talks about Abraham, and this is what it says. It says, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, because it did happen. But this is what it said. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. We don't lie about it. We don't pretend that it's not true. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised to do. He did not ignore the facts, but he said, I have a fact-changing God, and I believe that God can do this. We don't ignore it. Gravity pulls everything down. Who agrees? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if gravity pulls everything down. I mean, it is. It's, it's the mass drawn and the ratio of the mass based on the size of it has more of a draw, right? That, that, that's gravity. But planes can fly. So we still have the fact that gravity's real. And it's not like planes are somehow immune to gravity. But there's another law. And that's the law of lift. And that's how they calculate and they put these wings on this thing, and they say, for every square inch, you know, we're going to be able to carry this much weight, and then they fill these planes with people. And we get in them, and we go up, but we don't just drop back down. And here's the deal. We have a fact-changing God, and there are natural laws, yes, but there are supernatural laws that can change natural laws. And when we begin to speak God's word and resist the devil in different areas of our life, begin to have a positive confession, saying, God, I know that, yes, my throat is sore, but in the name of Jesus, I rebuke whatever this is, and it is not going to stay in my body or in my family. We're not going to have it. And sometimes we have to take care of natural. Absolutely. God speaks to us, and we have to take care of natural things. And I, um, years ago, we were waking up sick, and I'm like, I don't, we don't get sick. I'm like, this is not Okay. And then we had been kind of newly married, and I'm like, I'm going to show her how I pray. This is what we do. So I'm like, we lay hands on ourselves. I'm like, I lay hands on her. I lay hands on me. And I'm like, we're going to pray. We're going to get rid of this thing. And I said, this disease, it's got to go in Jesus' name. And I'm like, okay. Next morning, we wake up and still not feeling good. In fact, I go in the bathroom. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Sorry. But that's what I did. But it was even worse than that. And I go in the bathroom, and I, like, I cough up and spit up like, like blood. I'm 
like, what is this? I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is the opposite of me being like, look, I'm a man of God, and I pray and things happen. Like, this is not working. This is the opposite. So, you know, and the same things happen as we feel better throughout the day, and then we went to bed, and we woke up. That next morning, no lie, I'm like in bed, and I'm just chilling. I'm like, okay, you wake up, and all of a sudden, I sit up, and I'm like, we need to clean the humidifier. Now, I just have to tell you, I have never, ever woke up thinking I need to clean anything. Like, that is not normal for me at all. I don't wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to go clean. No. No. But that day, I wake up, and we had a humidifier in our room. And so I, I get out of bed, and I go over to this humidifier, and I pick up the top of this thing. And when I pick up the top, it reveals like this filter thing underneath, and it is just covered with black mold. Just covered covered nasty. I look at him like, I'm going to throw it away. And we just pick the thing up. We walk it outside into the trash. Problem solved. Problem solved. So there is a natural side that we do. But here's the thing. God brought his supernatural because it was supernatural for me to wake up and think about cleaning anything at all. And we solved that problem. But we need to look at the words that we're saying Say, do they line up with God's word? And let's get rid of some of these anchors that have been holding us back in our relationships, in our health, in our family, talking about, oh, just families fight. This is okay. No, we're going to change that and say, you know, this family, we don't fight anymore. We do not have to fight. So we're gonna, we are going to have a house of peace. That's what we're going to have. We're not going to be screaming and yelling at each other anymore. This is what we're going to begin to do because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and he's going to strengthen us to change this. And yes, every other man in your family line may have never made it over 60, but God, I pray that I am the first. And we're going to change this starting now because your word says, with long life, you will satisfy me and show me your salvation. So God, I thank you for that long life, and I'm not satisfied with 60 years. I want 113 and a half, and that's the number I'm going for. So you just say it and say, God, this is what I am looking for. This is what your word says. Begin to change what you are saying and watch your life change. Watch you break free of anchors that have been holding you back, and you've wondered, why hasn't relationship changed? Why have my finances always, it just seems no matter what happens, it just keeps flowing out, and I want to be a giver, and I want to be generous, and I'm just struggling in this area. Change what you are saying. Look at God's Word. See what it has to say about it, and stop giving up the fight before it even starts, and saying, the devil, you just have your way in this area. It's this time of year, and I just expect to get sick. I just expect to sneeze. I just expect my eyes to burn. I'm going to say, Jesus, this year, I pray that it would be different in Jesus' name. And I know what the facts are, and I'm not going to ignore them. And there are things that need to happen naturally, and I'm going to get them done naturally. But God, I know that what I need more than anything naturally is I need you. I need your word. I need your presence in my life. And as a result, I know that you can move on and move into more of what God has for you today. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.